Welcome to episode 80 of the Two on Three podcast, an hour-long show where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me doting on my exploits as the, quote, Wilt Chamberlain of the Quick Drop, end quote, at S-E-A-T-J-K. And with me, as always, is Chris. Now, I didn't mean for this to be so timely, Chris, but where can we find you telling the president that you will not be going back to the Philippines? <laughs> well, I, I might go back anyway. I don't know. It's hard. Might be the prudent call. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd like to go back to the Duarte uh, administration. I think that. I mean, let's uh, let's. I don't know. That's a that's a tough call. Anyway, you can find me at CD Villasenor, where I will try to work this out in you know by by election time come 2020. (laughs) (laughs) It's a confusing choice, no, no doubt. Uh, Interact with the show on Twitter at two on three pod or hit us up via email at at two on three pod.com you know how much we love to hear from you wait a minute don't bury the lead on the the wilt chamberlain of the quick, quick drop did you not see that as part of that conversation which one was that well so well you're getting ahead of the ahead of schedule here so that's do okay you want to hear about it now all right yeah let's well let me let's do the rundown and then i'll come back and tell you the story all right fine all right so i've been away from the show for a few weeks so i think you're all gonna have to indulge me and come along for some analysis of keeping the domestic peace tonight because we're going to talk about free range versus cage-free kids Uh, in segment two we'll talk about kid skills nunchuck skills bow hunting skills computer hacking skills parents only want kids who have great skills and in segment three we'll end with a little chat about neighborhood security We've also got a special super-sized version of Dejawa this week. <laughs> you mentioned with Brian uh, that we can expect a double dose. Yes. But in fact... It's a I've triple dose. For, that's right. I've been away from the show for three weeks. Jesus. So I guess according to your alternative, you got to kick yourself in the nuts three times. Yes. It'll be fine. And in the OT, we've got scuttled sneaker orders, more first-time air travel experiences, and perhaps a few moments on the Open, cha- open Championship from Royal Portrush in scenic Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you, uh, I was going to talk about playing Hurt, but you know we've got a little bit of a jam-packed show, but you said, well, Chamberlain of the Quick Drop. So every Saturday morning, we take our children to the soccer complex for their organized soccer activity. Got it. The soccer complex features a number of other distractions, uh, a bouncy house playground, uh, a, a ticket dispensing arcade where you could turn tickets in for prizes. Now, now that now, no, okay, now, now it makes sense. I know the story. I'm not, I'm up. Okay, because it's been a couple on. of weeks since this. It's happened. been a couple of weeks. Yes, but for the listeners, um, I go into this place and the quick drop. I never hit it when the jackpot's at 500. That's the default. I wait till it's a thousand and then I go over and I win the jackpot because I can do it every time. And I so, had been, so, so tell me about that. I saw the picture of the quick drop. It looks like it's, a thing spins around and you have to drop something onto or into something. Correct. There are either three or four buckets that are spinning around on a wheel below where the drop balls are dropped from. Uh-huh. You have 50 balls. You have to drop them all in, in the buckets without missing in one minute. Okay. Um, there's a pattern. And I just, I learned what the pattern was. And in fact, if you watch the little instructional video, while it's the, the, the animation, I was like, well, I'm just going to do what that that thing is doing. So instead of trying to be clever, I tried, tried to be consistent. And I got to the point where I could walk up to it, swipe the card once, which was like eight credits. I think that's like 60 cents maybe. Mm-hmm. And get a thousand tickets without fail. Like <laughs> a few times it would take me two or three tries, but for the most part, I could walk in there. We'd get the kids started. I'll be like, hey, I'll be back in five minutes. I'd walk over to the other place, get the thousand tickets and walk out. And then at this point, you've drawn the attention of the pit boss. Apparently. <laughs> So, so we go in there, and uh, the, the machine's unplugged, and it's the only thing that's unplugged. Everything else is operating just fine. 
And so there's also another thing that I like. There's a, it's, it's trying to, how, how do I describe it? It is just a, you knock a roll of tickets into this collection area and you get the number of tickets that it is. They are little pyramids of tickets. They're like a roll of tickets where the middle's been pulled up. So they look mm-hmm. like little cones. That's a sure. better, yeah. Um, and there is a, a bar that moves slowly across the surface of the spinning wheel where the cones are spinning around. Now the bar comes at a fairly steep parabola, parabolic angle and you ha- and it's not very fast. So you have to really get the timing down to get the tickets that you want. I've also gotten pretty good at this and I can generally within a few tries get the thousand ticket jackpot. jackpot. I don't think there's anything you can do about that one. Right. So I go in, the quick drops off. Um, I'm like, well, I'm tweeting about it because I, I always kind of feel a little bit guilty. <laughs> like, like, it's not really meant for me. But you know what? There's this like Mario light that I really want. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot my like my adult habit with sneakers where it's like I'll buy all the, all the Jordans I wanted when I was 10. So now I'm in the arcade winning all the prizes right. that I wanted when I was 10. Got it. Um, then we go in the following weekend. The quick drop is plugged back in. And I'm like, and the jackpot's up to 900. I'm like, ah, oh, close enough. I'll walk over there and hit the jackpot. A couple of times, so now it's been a couple of weeks. I'm a little out of practice. My timing seems a little off. And I'm like, that's weird. You know, this is like, this is, it took me like five or six tries just to even, I'm not even getting all of the balls out before the minute expires. Mm-hmm. And they've completely recalibrated the timing on the machine so the buckets don't turn quite as fast. So it's almost impossible to actually drop all 50 balls. The only way I can do it, if I, is if I can drop five, so in the game, you have to drop four balls in each bucket. And if you can do that from the moment you start hitting the button till the time it's over, you're going to win. Okay. But now you have to at least twice during the cycle hit five balls in in two different buckets to to get all fifty out before the minute expires. Okay, so they've 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 hosed you. Yes, and so according to one of our friends on the internet, I'm the Wilt Chamberlain of the quick drop. So <laughs> dominant they had to change the rules. <laughs> so I'm embracing it. There we go. Now now the story makes sense. That I love the fact that somebody was like, "There's a dude," and you know you know they talked about you. They, you know they know it's you. Oh sure. They're like, there's this dude, and he like screws us on the quick drop every Saturday. Well, you know, I think it wasn't until we changed until the Saturday class because the Saturday class is earlier, and the place is way like there's there's half as many people in there when we go uh-huh. in now, and I'd be like the only one over in that area. Mm. And then of course the you know the thing when you hit the jackpot, I walk away from it immediately. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's over there going ape shit for like five minutes while it's paying the thousand tickets out. Uh huh. <laughs> and I don't have to stay there anymore because it's all digital, right? It just goes yeah, on yeah. my fun card. Uh huh. Yeah. No, for sure, uh, I, I did it enough times um, early in the morning that, that they, they noticed and, and made a change. And obviously, yeah. they didn't get it programmed in time for the week before last because they had to shut it off. <laughs> Good for them. Glad they screwed you. Whatever. Come on. <laughs> now no one can win. Right. I mean, that's it. You've, you've denied children their ability to win this so i hope you feel good about yourself you've totally spoiled it for young children who are trying to reach some sort of you know quick drop pinnacle that they'll never be able to make now well i've been going to this place i, I do feel good first of all because I've, <laughs> I've been going to this place for like nine months and uh at least weekly if not more frequently because often there's kids parties that we know that, that go on at this place there's uh um, sometimes we'll just go up there if it's a rainy day to do the bounce house playground like okay that's gonna you know get mm-hmm. inside for a bit and get some wiggles out as we say um, but I've never seen anybody else do this, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I don't know. That's not for you. It's like ordering from the children's menu. You can't do that. That's, I don't think it's quite the same thing. <laughs> it's not a fair fight. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not calibrated for adults. It's calibrated for, you know, six to 12 year olds. 
oh, this is the first time I haven't been able to jackpot it in like six months. So, well, but I turned around and hit that thousand ticket on the parabolic sweeper right off the bat. I was like, yeah, you can't stop this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you've wrecked, you've wrecked kitty land for every child there. Whatever. They never give away any of those prizes. <laughs> <laughs> All that dust on them. The kids just get, yeah, the kids just get candy. And then the stuff we do get that's extreme that I have gotten, I've got a few like LED, like light fixtures for the kids for their bedrooms. Again, with, with my gratuitous winnings. <laughs> With your ill-begotten gains. Hey, at least I'm being generous. I'm not buying myself, like... The Mario light. I am going to do that. <laughs> I'm almost there. I think I need 5,500 tickets, and I have, like, 4,800 now. <laughs> well, good luck. I don't mean it. <laughs> well, I intended for our prologue this, this this evening to be about the frailty of the human body, but uh, I know you're playing Hurt. How you doing? I am. I've got, uh, I've got a... Uh, it's Spinal. If I'm going to quote, uh, <laughs> quote the great Mike Tyson, it's spinal. No, I have a, I have a bit of a, uh, an L4, L5 pinch, a herniated disc in the back. It's all it's, the rage to fuse those together these days. And it's making my leg all numb. Oh. It's just, it's, it, I can deal with sort of the pain and it's nothing a little ibuprofen, CBD and norco won't fix <laughs> in certain like in a in a uh, in a in a in a pattern in the right pattern but uh um yeah it's always the numbness that puts me off it's like when you can't feel parts of your body like my big toes like completely numb you could hit it with a hammer i wouldn't feel it <laughs> that just, sounds terrifying it's frankly screwed up but you know I, it, the doctor says it'll come back of it you'll get some feeling back eventually it just takes a little time but off to physical therapy i go for being old and you know whatever well i'm with you on this i had some uh arthritis flaring up in my right foot like that's new yeah yeah it's definitely arthritis too it's like it's painful oh and then it hurts worse oh and then it cracks and hurts really bad and then it stops hurting for a while and then the cycle repeats Mm, so that's cool i know that i know that's but you know the beautiful thing about just being on monster painkillers and anti-inflammatories is like all that like my basal thumb arthritis is like doesn't i don't feel it it's it's in good shape like all the other all the other parts of my body that that only mildly hurt don't hurt at all right now the pain receptors are all full up (laughs) (laughs) like my liver's turning into a into a rock right now but aside from that um (laughs) it seems fine well, this has been a very appropriate conversation, considering this is a bit of a catch-up episode for us. Um, I, I was going to mention, too, that i had been working a little, just a little light ladder work around the house, and I just had a moment of how frail people are, like, as a species, like, as, a, as, a, as an animal. Like, I slipped off one step of the, of the ladder, never, like, lost my handhold, but, like, my other arm, like, slammed into the step and my knee and whatever, and it's like, mm-hmm. so I fell quote unquote for six inches and like i've got like bruises and i'm like cuts I'm like what so gravity is undefeated we're yes and we're not like working people yeah. like we're not hardened pioneer I used to be types. once upon a time now well, sure. soft, soft computer body oh my god i mean this is the thing it's like like paw ingles right he could he a tree could fall on him he'd be fine right he'd just yeah. shake it off because he's a hardy pioneer man like who makes furniture and chops down trees and shit like that's not who oh Sid's not who I am. <laughs> Back when I was doing the martial arts, we used to train by laying on the ground and the other your partner would throw the medicine ball into your chest from a f- about 4 feet above you. Right. And you just have to let like the the goal of the training exercise was to eat it. 
<laughs> like just let this hit you and then throw it up in the air. Like it was a push, essentially taking the 40 pound medicine ball and letting it hit you flush in the chest. Yeah. I remember being contact sport tough where, yeah. you know, you would, you know, you play football and you get knocked down and you'd land on the ground, you'd roll, you'd pop up and then you'd tackle somebody and then it would be fine. Like if I tackled somebody right now, I'd probably hurt myself worse than the person who I tackled. It would just be, it would be terrible. Hitting the ground is just not, it's not the cards for me no. anymore. It's like when I retired from softball a few years back, I was like, look, if I can't reasonably dive in the outfield, I can't play this game. Right. Or slide for yeah. God's sake. <laughs> Jesus. I remember when I who just like, had a permanent scar on my like left shin from sliding into second base who, in the softball field. Who knows what would happen? First of all, who knows what would happen if I sprinted? at this point (laughs) that's number one and only to sprint and then try to slide into a base i don't know i mean you should just dial nine and one and then hold the next one while i tried because you'd have to push it you'd be like i'd slide hit the one let's get the ambulance here because i don't i don't think i could survive a run and a slide right now (laughs) it's not there's no way it's not even that serious i feel in at risk when i'm walking down too steep of a hill <laughs> right. like, I feel like, oh my god, my knees or my ankle would just blow out, and I mean, then I'd suffer another injury as I rolled down wherever the hill I was walking. No, no, I, I think I, I'm probably going to give up snow sports this year because I just can't, I just can't deal with, <laughs> I just can't deal with a real deal injury at this it point. Does suck. I just, I just can't. I don't think I could. I don't think I. I think it would. I think it would put me so far out of my lane. It would take me an inordinate amount of time to get even remotely close to my lane. If not entirely back into my lane, I just don't, I just, I couldn't imagine like an ACL or an, or an Achilles at this point. It just would be, it would, it would harm my psyche terribly. You'd never recover. I don't know. It's like I a mean, two and a half year injury. Jesus. I can't even think about it. Well, thanks everyone for tuning into this week's edition of <laughs> Old Man Radio. On that note, you think we should start the show? You bet. Let's do All it. All right. All right, so this week I wanted to talk to you. So there's something that happened very recently, just the other day, and I uh, kind of end up building a whole show around this in this very minor event, just running some errands. I think it was, oh, Saturday, I want to say midday, something like that. And as I'm driving back up the street, a number of the houses in our neighborhood have sold recently. Um, and so there's a lot of new neighbors, and I haven't met any of them because I don't roll like that. <laughs> I don't like to talk to people. <laughs> if I can avoid it, no. Uh, that's why I live in the Northwest. Um but so there was a, a girl who looked to be about the age of our older daughter, you know, maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight. Sure. Uh, and she was playing in her driveway. Um, once when I was going out through the neighborhood, she was riding her bike. And then when I was coming back, she was like bouncing a ball in her driveway or something like that. And she just kind of looked lonely and, you know, forlorn. And I, under, I think, you know, if the world was a different place, I'd be like, hey, I have two girls your age that live around the corner. Now I am extremely aware. <laughs> right. That we've, we've covered this. Yes. The yeah. psychoses though, that would go along with like psychoses in the right word, but the, the insanity that would, that I would create if I was just pull my car over in my own neighborhood, oh, roll Lord. my window down. Oh, like, roll. <laughs> you can't talk to the kid from inside your car. <laughs> hey, little girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That would just, yeah, it'd be, they, they, people could shoot you, and you, they would not get convicted. Would that be the case? Like it, this man pulled up, he put down his window, he started talking to this little girl. I shot him. It's like okay, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, <laughs> that's you're you're fine, sir. Just keep moving. I mean, that's pretty much true as a you know as a 
uh, an adult man to any sort of, I, I feel like most youths, but particularly girls, obviously, it's extremely sensitive. I'm very sensitive to that situation all of, the time. Of course. Um, but now I'm like, I realize that like, I have to like engineer some kind of meet cute for my children with this girl. Like, how, <laughs> how am I going to work this out? It's like, I can't just be like, hey, our house is around the corner. We've got like a, a big like a, we got swings and a slide and shit. You won't, you can't miss it. Come knock no. on our door. You can hang out with my kids. There's you no way I can to, do that. You have to, you have to figure out a way to talk to their parents in some way, shape, or form. You've got to. You can't talk to the child directly. Your child might be able to child. You, you might, you might. If you were engineering a meet cute, you might do the little bike ride on the street thing. Mm-hmm. Take them and down then, there and see and if she's you, out. And, and then you, would out. T- you tell your daughter, hey, daughter, if that little girl's out, you should just introduce yourself if right. your daughter's down for that. I mean, so you could probably do that or you could or you could just be walking up and down the street with, you know, walk the dog with the girls or something. Sure. Just kind of. But yeah, you have to sort of manufacture some sort of way to say, oh, hey. Or if the parents were out in the in the driveway, you might you might pull over and and roll down your window and say, "Hey, welcome to the neighborhood. I think I saw you guys out here the other day. You have a daughter. I saw your little girl. <laughs> <laughs> See, I saw your little girl. Oh yeah. my God, no, no. <laughs> Jesus! My well, daughter pointed out that there was a girl down the street. I'm not gonna lie. I gotta start with a lie. That's what I'm yeah. talking. This is the world yeah. we've built, Chris. I, I can't. Know. These are harmless. These are good lies, though. These are the harmless I know, but kind of I should, lies. I just—it sucks that this is the world that we live in because I—I uh, wanted to talk to you. I think I've had it in our like show prep sheet for months about just this idea of the lack of being allowed to be a free-range kid. Now, again, I'm a boy. Things are a little bit different. I was probably allowed a little bit more freedom than I would have been had I been a girl. I think that's just the reality. Certainly, my wife is not much younger than me, and she certainly didn't seem to enjoy the same kinds of freedoms I did. Mm-hmm. Um, as a fourth, fifth grader, or whatever, riding my bike all over basically the whole town. Sure. I mean, and not a not a small town, one of the suburbs of Seattle here in uh, area just north of where I live, and not big, not as busy as it as it as it is now. But regardless, um, I decided to look up like what my opposite was for free range kids. That's why in the intro I said cage free kids because that's yeah. actually we've switched from free range parenting to cage free parenting. And you're like, well, what's the difference? Nobody's in a cage. It's the so, default. The default. The default condition is in cage. <laughs> well, no, cage free. So, so let, let me read we've you the taken, definition. I want to take the cage away. Yes, but free range is not the same. So the USDA the USDA defines <laughs> free range eggs as basically the same as cage free eggs, with the exception that free range hens have access to the outdoors. Note that this doesn't mean they're able to roam completely free and might just have access to the outdoors at certain times of the day. Well, this is a bullshit. That's a that's a bullshit. Like, so cage free uh, eggs come from chickens kept in a coop, but not in an actual individual cage. And I think that's where we're at with parenting these days. That's like want, a that's like building. There's a building around these. There's a building around these chickens. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's so it. they're cage free, but there's a giant building they can't get out of. That's correct. They're in a warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> I want warehouse free chickens. <laughs> that's what that's what free range chickens are. They get to go outside. Kinda, kinda. They well, they, get, they have quote unquote access to the outside. I think there's a there's a fudge factor in that whole deal. But okay, yeah. back to the kids. Well, so what really has been, I, I wanted to ask you, like, why is the, why are things this way? Now, I, let me just ask you a series of questions and you just pick up on the ones that you want. All right. So I feel like there's been a shift in mentality. So is it really that instead of the idea that bad things happen sometimes, and that's just life, 
to no risk is really worth taking at all? Um, are we smarter or are we more frightened? Is it that bad things are on the decline, as we've discussed before, but we hear about all of them phenomenon? And are people sort of afraid of the shame of being the one on the news who's lost their child through negligence? <laughs> Quote, unquote. Right? And then finally, why doesn't this apply to virtually anything else at all? <laughs> Other than your kids? Yeah. All right. Well, so for you Pinker fans out there, he would argue that things are getting safer. We've never lived in a safer time. We've never lived in a safer time, considering the number of people sure. and the amount of violence and stuff that goes on we've never had less of it now to to your to your other point when things do happen the media deep dives them hard and they hammer you with them like one kid goes missing in in some state three states away and all your neighbors are like our children cannot go outside right so there's a there's a certain amount of anxiety and and i haven't thought about the shame of being the person on the news who has to stand there and go, my child, you know, my child was, I just turned my back for a second and all these other people are like, oh, you suck. You're the worst parent. You, you're a shitty parent. But like, half the shitheads at the park are staring at their phones. Right. Did you I see mean, Ransom? Don't look, don't look at your phone. <laughs> I just, but you know, it's all those things. But, you know, you always have to, you have to think about what's, really important and really what what are the real numbers and and depending upon where you live right i mean there's some neighborhoods you certainly wouldn't let your kid just wander around in but there's some that you'd be perfectly fine doing but uh you know brian and i touched on this growing up in a whole small town thing where no one gave a rip you would just you were off on your own all day long now i can't pull that off here but but the kids have a certain amount of freedoms they can they can go they can ride their bikes all over. They can, you know, they can go down the street to their friend's house. We, we generally send a text, you know, uh -huh. you say, Hey, boy's coming over. And, and then when he get there, they said, he's here. And then that's, we're good. I mean, that's just uh, but we don't, I don't have a problem letting them be kids. Um, I think that, that we've tried to make them savvy enough to, to at least, identify obvious weirdness right yeah and, and that's the hard part and to to try to you have to take away you the cost of it is you have to take away some of their innocence you have to say hey you see a car that you don't know in the neighborhood that's driving kind of slow mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta be you gotta you gotta keep your eye on those people you yeah the flip side like, of that the height of that is the the like that the ring integration with next door like and people just reporting every single person they ever see go by their house and they don't know <laughs> this person was looking at my home yeah this person parked on the street outside for five minutes maybe they had to take a phone call they just settle down <laughs> they were casing the joint no i but yes the the whole the whole idea of free range is it's different now and it's and yeah, I mean, is it too bad? Maybe maybe a little bit. I don't even think I started checking in during the day regularly with my parents until I was driving. Like I think that all through because we did move to a much smaller town when I got a little bit older, uh, mm. and then I really was just I mean riding my bike miles and miles away from home. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's the that's the beauty of growing up in a small town. Yeah, but the uh, but. Um, but I think that I think that the uh, I think that there's there's a sensational aspect to 
these kind of situations and these kind of crimes that go on that really spook people at large. Uh huh. You know, it's the, you know, it's the threat of nuclear war, right? It's, it's the, you know what I mean? It's big thing. It's, it's these big, these big things that we think about that are very low probability, but if it were to happen, it would be so terrible. Sort of like me blowing out my, you know, <laughs> like me blowing out an ACL. <laughs> it's just so horrible that you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you don't want to, you don't want to incur any risk mm-hmm. because the, because the outcome would be, would be so terrible. And, and again, the, the media doesn't help us. You know, you don't have to watch 48 hours <laughs> or whatever that news program is about, you know, any of these horrible crimes that go on and people, people love that stuff. And I just like, can't watch more than two seconds of it. I'm like, I just, ooh. I don't know if you heard the timer. It was really quiet. Is it as good as the seal time? <laughs> it's not. That was great. I really enjoyed that. Oh, it's like new agey, like seal. <laughs> <laughs> the timer. I. The, by the way, the Android timer uh, options are far inferior. <laughs> so you said. To that. Well, I, I had one more thing I want to ask you about this because sure. I was just like, we can come back and interrogate some other night about why this doesn't apply to anything else. I'd like, I'd, I really like to examine like the kinds of things we should be adjusting our behavior on that we're not. I, I mean. I mean, there's a lot. The list is long and yeah. distinguished. <laughs> and so is my Johnson. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but so my seven-year-old is starting to want to, well, she, first of all, she got invited to her first sleepover, which logistically um, we weren't able to let her go. But she just finished first grade, and that feels a little early to me. And But now, you know, when I take her to even activities or birthday parties, she's sort of like, can you drop me off? Like, that's kind of where she's at, like where she's at mentally. And depending on the scenario, like, I might... If it's a birthday party and I know the parents or, you know, you've been going to school with the child for a while, then yeah, it's fine. Um, at more public things, like she wanted to be dropped off at, at golf last weekend. Can you drop me off? And I was like, uh, I, I won't stand right in the class, but I'll, I'll be around. And, you know, kind, mm-hmm. of, kind of be in the area, right? It was actually yeah. nice. I took a handful of balls and went and chipped for 45 <laughs> minutes. And it was useful. <laughs> right. I've been waiting to be able to do that for a while. <laughs> um, but when did you start feeling comfortable kind of dropping your kids off at unsupervised activities? And did you have ground rules like we need to have met her, his or her parents? Oh, yeah. or Okay. That's still the case. Yeah. <laughs> Daughter's a teenager, like well into her teens. And it's still the same deal. It's like. Oh, I was going to, I wanted to stay at this friend's house. We don't know. We don't know that friend and we don't know their parents and we don't know their situation. And so the answer is no. Okay. I mean, that's, that's just, I mean, it's just the bottom line. It's like, I don't, it would be irresponsible of me to, to send my child into a situation that I had no, that I knew nothing about. Well, this girl who's, whose house she got invited to, to be for a sleepover, um, had, they've been going to the same aftercare facility for four years uh they don't go to the same elementary school no i know and my wife agreed with you because i was being i was trying to be a little bit just i didn't really want to deal with it at all all, or let her go at all (laughs) i was trying to talk myself into it and then my wife was like yeah well you know i think it's a little early so you kind of you kind of shrugged your shoulders when i said that so do you disagree you think that sleepovers at the age of seven are acceptable i you know we we made we made very few we didn't allow sleepovers for a while. Uh-huh. And so I think they were, cl- I think, I think she was closer to 10, 10 or 11 before we started. Um, you know, other than, other than some really close family friends. Sure. But just, but school friends, it takes a little, it takes a little, like I know you from school and I know your parents through the child through school. It's a seven's a little, unless they lived really close. Yeah. I, I, I seem to remember that, doing it in about third grade 
Yeah. And my well, parents I, really weren't doing any vetting of the other parents. <laughs> I, you know, having, having, you know, Asian parents, um, they did not do, they did not want to do, me to do sleepovers at other people's houses ever. Oh, really? They were very anti. And that's a... Because you're going to get away with shit that you couldn't get away with at no, home? No, I mean, they just want you under... It's like, I just want you under my roof. That's it. That's that's how this works. I'm your parent. That's how this deal goes. Huh. And I could have people over. They didn't have a problem with me having friends stay the night with me, but they were very... They were reticent to let me to stay over at other people's houses. I'm definitely conflicted about this because I, I feel a little bit that way, especially being, you know, protective father of daughters but um i also really don't want like other weird smelly kids in my house like, that's a really <laughs> that's a real harsh like i like it when the neighbor kids come over and they're having a play date in the backyard but at the mm-hmm. same time i'm like can't wait for you to go home yeah because i can't a- relax as long as you're here right it's like right. you might get hurt and then it's my problem and if i right. drink two or three beers and then you get hurt I, I, some, right. now, now it's somehow my fault now i wander <laughs> out of the bedroom over my underwear and you're hanging out in the thing it's like yeah hey, i don't want to deal with this exactly i don't deal with your children all right. Well, moving on to segment two, we're going to continue to talk about uh, children, and there, I have some more questions for you. Oh, okay. Well, I've spent a lot of time with a lot of other people because we haven't been talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and over that time, having you know, a lot of uh, the, the other guys in my social circles have children. Eh, actually, a lot of the dudes are a few years younger than me, so a lot of the children are you know more like three, four. Um, mm-hmm. But a few guys have children as old as I do. The point of the story is that they seem very concerned with like, Oh, I'm, you know, yeah, we got swim lessons going on and like, they really stretching themselves thin to like make all this stuff happen really early. And we've done a little bit of it here and there. Like we did some, a, you know, we did some organized swimming lessons earlier, but then like we kind of let it lapse lapse for a few years and the kids can kind of swim, but it's also like just not a huge part of our lives. Right. And you mentioned the bike riding thing too. They're just not that interested in it. Like I try to get them like, Hey, we bought you these bikes. Why don't we go use them? And they just, they do it for like 10 minutes and they're like, eh, I don't care about yeah. this. And so I kind of feel like I, I'm failing a bit as a father to get these sort of core child skills built, <laughs> but I, I don't know if it matters. And I, you know, I also feel like I'm also an on-demand kind of person where it's like, okay, well, when this becomes relevant, then I will make sure that we're covered. Right. Um, certainly I want to be, them to be able to swim and not ever have been, or no, not ever be in a situation where their lives are at risk because they yeah. weren't properly taught how to swim. But it's just right now not a huge part of our lives. So, how much do you think that the desire for parents to have their kids have these sort of base physical skills is based on like your own programming? Like, this is what I did when I was this age, so it must be what we have to do. Right. And am I just too analytical? And I'm like, eh, we'll get to it. <laughs> I'm not worried. I always, I always felt like. So here's the here's the here's the slightly long story. Like, so. My father, who's successful, of course, he would say to his children, you should do this because this is what I did. And I'm objectively successful. Sure. And that's how this whole thing, that's how this whole thing starts. Right. And then you tell your kids, well, hell, my kids should do this because I am objectively successful. So you should also do the same things that I did. Now. Swimming is, I think swimming is an important skill because it's a life skill. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you need to know how to swim. Yes. You need to know how to swim. So that's kind of, you just, and, and we never went, we, we did the whole swimming lesson thing. And then the swimming lesson thing turned into advanced swimming lessons for our older daughter, for the Mm -hmm. older, for our older child. And she, and they, she went, 
a couple of more, she went maybe another year past being able to swim to learning to do the backstroke and the butterfly and all these other things. My son, it's like, he became a proficient swimmer. It's like, okay, you're done. <laughs> it's like, forget it. All right, good enough. And so he can jump in a pool and swim around and good. That's it. It's like, you're not Michael Phelps. We, we, we're not, we're not going any further. You're, you're, you've reached proficiency, swimming proficiency. You're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and, not, I'm definitely not pursuing it as a, as like, no, a, but it was just kind of the thing that it just it was an activity. Mm-hmm. It just was the next sort of the next progressive state of that activity. It's like, okay, now that you know how to swim, you're going to learn to sort of, I don't know, do race style swimming, but that didn't last very long. So, and then, like I said, by the time our son went to swimming lessons, like, Oh, you can swim done. It's like, we didn't, we didn't need to go any further with that. Bike riding was funny because my daughter was very interested in bike riding very early. And she, and I, I helped her learn, uh, how to ride a bike and she was perfectly happy and my son just couldn't care less about a bike couldn't care less <laughs> about a bike couldn't care less about a bike bought him a bike couldn't care less about it and then one day he's like i really want to ride the bike i'm like okay here we go and it literally took a weekend right I that's mean, what i that, remember too is that you just have that, to get over your fear and then you can ride the bike and that was it i mean that was it, it was like i i had a uh i had this system that i used with my daughter that i used with him it's basically i just took the pedals off the bike and turned their bike and then lowered the seat and turned their bike into a like a bike so where they could just use their feet and then they learned to push and then glide and they've learned to push then glide then you just screw the pedals back on and then they learned to pedal pedal it sure it literally took a weekend but it's interesting what you say that, you know, you, you take the blueprint you're given and then try to reproduce it because I guess I've never looked at things that way. I don't know if it's because my parents you know struggled when I was young or because my mom was younger when I was born um, or because I've always just, I was born with a fiercely independent streak and basically can't remember a time where I wasn't working toward the goal of getting out of my parents' house so I didn't have to <laughs> listen to them anymore. Right. Uh, but like when you talk about you should take these steps because these are the steps I took, I'm already thinking like, I don't think a college is necessarily the right path for everybody. And I think that we do a bad job as a society, actually pushing people into the vocations where they'll be successful. And rather we try to push them, push them through these factories. And then you get like very similar outputs in different disciplines, but n- nobody necessarily knows what they want to do. And it's too early in your life to necessarily know that anyway. So like, it's, it's a very weird system we've, we've built and I, I'm yeah. not sure that I'm going to push my kids toward it. I'm not, saying that there isn't value in college, but I think in another 11 years, I'm not even sure what college is going to look like. So I certainly sure. don't feel like, Hey, follow my path. And honestly, we've talked before personally about how my career has been really just one accident after another <laughs> where it's worked out ultimately in my favor, but with some rough patches, it wasn't like some smooth climb of success. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately I was, I don't know. I had enough cognitive ability to navigate the difficulties of, of reskilling myself multiple times to, to yeah. take on new challenges. Um, anyway, but uh, having aptitude, but having aptitude and then having, and then being able to match that aptitude to opportunities and then sort of train yourself and learn yourself into new things is a great, is a, is a terrific skill to have. Sure. And, and with children, I think you have to create those situations for them because they just don't happen organically for the most part because your school is school and right. and you have to have activities for them. And, and I feel like, and again, so we have a bit of a focus on music in our house. So everybody takes piano lessons. Uh-huh. And 
we've we've made them do it and you know my wife is very good about making them practice and sometimes they hate it and then but then but then they realize as they practice they're getting good at it and they start to enjoy it sure it was sort of the same thing with golf i mean that's another thing we chose for our kids is that you know here's something that i like to do that i have some you know that i have a bit of a passion for so let's let's teach them how to do that and again sometimes it's not easy but then all of a sudden you know they they gain a little skill they get good they get it becomes fun for them uh-huh. and and then it and then now it's something that that they have uh-huh. and so Are, that's but that's but those are decisions we had to make for them early sure because they, defi- they would have chose those things themselves i have definitely said to my wife before that like there's times where i wish that i had had a parent who would have said hey you seem to really like baseball do you want to work a little harder on that would you like to get a little better at this like and, and had some more you know one-on-one time that to develop those skills um, and wish, you know, think that my ceiling was a little higher than what I ended up with. Uh, but what, at the same time, when it comes to things like sports, um, they both love soccer. It took a little while for the older one to, to love it as much. The younger one has a, a passion for it. And then the older one likes golf. I don't think she loves it yet. And she, she definitely was enthusiastic about going. She likes going every week when the, this would have been the year the younger one could have joined her and said, Hey, do you, do you want to do it? She's like, no. And I'm like, are you sure? No, I don't want to do it. And then we took her because we all had to go one week because of logistics. And so we were mm-hmm. all there waiting for our older daughter to finish her class. And while she's watching her sister, I'm like, you know, you, you could come out. You could, could do this too. No, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to push it. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I, I, I've asked. And, and now if I bring it up, she's like, I already told you no. <laughs> so, and she's five. So that's cool. That's, I mean, that's a, but that's a, I don't know if, I mean, I pretty much was, I was pretty much like, here are the two things you're going to do <laughs> as our children. You're going to play the piano, you're going to piano lessons, and you're going to learn to play golf. And it seems to work out on both ends of that. So, you know, we have, you know, we have a very, you know, high functioning musician, you know, an all state bassoon player at this point. And not to toot my own horn or to, but my son did, did qualify for the WJGA state tournament in his age group. See, now you sound like those dudes who are talking all of this, like, oh, well, my son's doing this. And like, I'm just like, yeah, I don't give a shit, man. <laughs> I do. I just, I, I want to make sure that I'm letting them feel independent and picking their own path and also reinforcing the things that they enjoy. But I would, I would, I would argue that, I would argue that you as a parent should put your kids in situations where they can develop not the skill of what they're doing, but just the discipline of being able to focus for 10 or 15 minutes to learn a piano thing or, you know, focus for 10 or 15 minutes to learn how to putt or to kick a ball or to do it's sure. the, it's the act of engaging their brains and allowing their bodies to, and their brains to work together to get something done. And I think that if you leave kids by themselves, they'll just, they'll just, you know, they'll play, they'll play video games or they'll do whatever. And they won't, they won't learn that skill, which I think is the most important, regardless of what they do, they're going to have to be able to engage their brains and their bodies and get things done. Yeah. And I don't worry about the younger one. Cause she actually doesn't re- She rarely chooses screens as her entertainment option for unstructured time. She almost always, always either doing, you know, make believe with the dolls or, or building Legos or she loves to do art. And so I think that's where her focus will be. So it'll oh. be about developing those skills. And then they both like to sing. So we might do some voice lessons and I've talked about wanting to play the ukulele. So maybe we'll do piano and, and guitar. Yeah, but we're still kind of feeling it out right now. But I was just like, man, I don't. I mean, yeah, bike riding and swimming. It's like, when do we do that shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you just do that you just do that shit in the street that's yeah, it we'll, <laughs> we'll get around to it um i shifting gears a little bit there's another thing that i've noticed that the older our, our older daughter has picked up lately which is eavesdropping and i was wondering when if you can recall your daughter started to pay attention to what the adults around them around her said and then maybe reported back to you because now we'll sometimes get like like the the secondhand report on like teacher Megan was talking to this adult. This, wow. This, yeah. That's like, a, I, not, not, I don't think either of my kids do that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's, she's, uh, she's, she's, she's tapped in. She's, she's, uh, she's paying attention. Well, we that's, discovered that's that trouble for you. It is. We discovered that one of the kids uh, in her classes has a little bit of a, a sticky fingers problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how we discovered it. Cause well, one, we were, we were victimized and we weren't, we didn't want to really? point, we didn't want to point any fingers. Wait a minute. You got, you got, you got jacked. It got ripped off by a six-year-old. Wow! <laughs> no, she just. Uh, I mean, she just picked up something and ran off with it just because uh, she whatever. took something out of my daughter's <laughs> cubby and took it home. So you know, what, however you want to characterize that. That's a uh, that's trouble for a lot of people involved with that person. Well, and so uh, our that, daughter that, came, that, our daughter came home and told us this story that this <laughs> that she had heard from one of the teachers talking to this girl's parent that. This little girl had also stolen cash out of the uh, housekeeper's purse while the housekeeper was at their house. <laughs> and I mean, we're talking about first grade, second grade. Oh, this is that. This is. A, I'm afraid this is a long, long road for this young person. I think these parents better, uh, better get this squared away. I agree. Those are those are not habits you want your child to develop early. And that was the girl uh, who got who invited our daughter over for the sleepover. <laughs> that pretty much ends that story, doesn't it? Okay, that's a no. Thank you. All right, that's a no. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> yeah. But we'll have to uh, we'll have to decline. Um, we don't want to send our daughter to spend the night with your kleptomaniac. <laughs> and you know what? They don't go to the same school, so sooner than later, they won't ever see each other again. Right. Right. Only only on the uh, only on the police blotter. <laughs> Hopefully not on our side. I mean, <laughs> God, got kids in my race over here. Grand Theft Auto for this young lady. All right, well, oh, that's an God. excellent segue into our next segment. I wanted to talk to you about neighborhood security. I was on a work trip and got into a conversation with someone about um, actually this specific thing. So I had th- I've had this thought kicking around in my head for a long time that you know we have the cars with the programmable garage door buttons. Sure. Right, and it's fine to leave that in my driveway because you can't use the button unless the car battery is turned on. You need the key, so you'd have to get in the house to get the key to fire up the car. You can't. You have to. Yeah, you, the that, car... that thing that thing doesn't work if you just walk and get, get in the car and push it. No, no. I, I've tested it because right. for any car I leave in the driveway, I would never leave it. Uh, just here, please break the window and get in. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that leads to a, a conversation about what or, or the subject I was at, at the thing I had in mind, which was. The fact that the system used to be you just got this garage door opener, which, by the way, had like, what, 20 codes in 1985, and you could open yeah. half the neighborhood's garages with it? Right. <laughs> yes. And a piece of paper in your car that you're required to have with your address on it. So, really, yes. most cars from mod mid to upscale neighborhoods, anywhere you have a garage, were going to have a garage door opener in their car and a mm-hmm. piece of paper that says where to use it. Yes. And I'm just, it's wild to me that that was ever the system. Like, that people were just <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'll just have this thing on my visor. So that you know, if you break this window, you can also get into my house. Right. And the coworker of mine says, well, I got into a conversation with a, a very smart, you know, somebody like, the, the, the person took the moment to like add credibility to their story because this person is a 
big shot Silicon Valley person and whatever. Okay. Uh, that that basically the, the whole argument that uh, locks uh, never keep locks are only keep an honest person honest. Well, that's untrue. <laughs> you know that. You know that. Have you ever heard that? Yes, but that's 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 untrue. I yeah, I agree with you. But uh, it, it it did make me wonder. Like, I was talking about the neighborhood, uh, the, the the ring stuff before. You disagree with that? Do you think so? She just keeps her house like fully unlocked all the time. She's like, well, we have dogs and stuff, so anybody who's coming in here is like, in a, her attitude is basically like, if somebody wants to get in your house, they're going to get in. Okay. Well, yes. <laughs> However, my <laughs> argument would be if you have a sufficient barrier to entry, a unskilled or mostly lazy criminal will try you. And then if you happen to be the one infinitesimal like percentage of people who get the opportunist tried, thief, right? Like right. I just opened your car door. I just, I grabbed your car handle to see if the door was open. Right. Right. Or, I saw you leave. I don't know. Well, I, I'm going to go through your house. Sure. And then they go to your house, and all the doors are locked, and there's obviously a an alarm system. It's like, well, I'm not going to deal with this. I mean, this seems goofy, right? Yeah. But I would I would say that first of all, the 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 percentage of houses that get tried is low. Right. Right. And so she left her her house unlocked. The odds on somebody trying her house anyway is low. But in the case that it does get tried, why wouldn't you put up sufficient barriers just to keep just to keep the just to keep the the unskilled or like I said, the unskilled or or opportunistic you know, criminal away from your house. It just yeah, I mean, sense. that makes sense to me. <laughs> Ten years ago, I read a street crime study that said if you lock your knob in addition to your door, your uh, deadbolt, that most thieves will just say it's not worth it for me to try to pick both locks to get in this house. Like, just having to do two is enough <laughs> of a deterrent that, right. like, you should just lock your knob even though it's a pain in the ass for you to have to, you know, open yeah. the door with two keys or, yeah. or whatever. It's one key. Um, other neighborhood security things I wanted to mention to you. So I've talked before on the show about how I want to be deputized by the cops just to deal with neighborhood traffic issues. <laughs> yes. And obviously it is a felony to impersonate a police officer. But we were in the Ace Hardware the other day and they have very, you know, a, a, an assortment of thematic vacuum sealed water bottles on their shelves. One of okay. them is a straight up, it just looks like what the SPD would hand out to their officers. It's got the shield on it. And I was like, hmm, maybe if I buy this water bottle, I can show it to people through the window of my car. <laughs> I just, I'm not impersonating a police officer. I'm just implying that perhaps I might know one. <laughs> or be one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to imply that maybe perhaps that you might think that... Uh, um, Yes, I'm going to. I'm not impersonating an officer. Yeah, I'm just sort of. I just want maybe, you to. I want out of the corner this, of your eye, out of the corner of your eye, you might think that I might be a police officer. I want you to have the <laughs> shot of adrenaline where you think you're about to get busted by the cops. <laughs> I just want you to feel the rush. Yeah, I want you to feel that horrible feeling of, oh shit, they got me. <laughs> Damn it! I shouldn't have been wilding in the streets. Um. Yeah. No, that's a that's a terrible idea. First of all. <laughs> 
If we have any police officer listeners, I'd really like to know where you come down on this. Uh, having a, why do they sell the cop water bottle? I mean, like, is this a thin blue line thing where I'm like, yeah, I'm supporting the cops. I'm going to buy this water bottle. It seems like a very strange item to have at the hardware store. Yeah, you just want to sit maybe by the side of the road drinking it with the insignia showing so that people go, oh, shit, that thing might be a cop. Or pull up next to somebody who's being a shithead on the freeway, roll your window down and just take a big drink with the shield facing <laughs> them and then look at them. Like, that's all I want to do. I'm not... <laughs> You're not really impersonating. I guess you're not really impersonating an officer at that point. You're just showing them and I'm gonna a get water a lo- bottle. A, wa- a walkie-talkie. I bought, this, <laughs> I, bought, I, bought this, I bought this water bottle at Fred Meyer. And, uh, and now and, I just... And then one of those long-range one of those long range radios. And I just like drink and look at them and then show them the radio. Like, and just make the face. <laughs> no, just the handset. Just bring up the handset. Up. Oh, the little... Oh, yeah. yeah the cord. There's, yeah, it's not connected to anything. It's just... <laughs> dangling you just bring it up to your you drink out of the bottle then you bring up the little the little handset then you sort of lean into it oh you've reminded me so i was talking about deterrence before and when i when i fumbled over my words trying to get that out what i was going to tell you is that i went by my old neighborhood and i don't really understand what the people who bought our house have done to it's um, it's much uglier than it was the, at least okay. the they tore out some bushes and I, I was like come on those bushes look great what are you doing yeah i know but uh i did so one of the things i left um I had bought I had bought some primitive exterior uh, internet enabled cameras back in the oh, day, sure. Um, and running power to them always proved to actually be impossible. That I just didn't ever put the effort in. But I had uh-huh. me- set the mounts, and so I was like, you know what? If I just put these up here, anyone who would be concerned that there's cameras here is going to respect the fact that there's a camera here and not come up to the door. Yeah, just like the fake, just to buy fake cameras. I'm sure you could go on Amazon and just buy fake cameras for nothing. But then later on, I wondered, like, how long do you think it took the people who bought our house to figure out that those weren't connected to anything? <laughs> they were like, how do these well, work? Well, because I wired it because each camera had a wire pulling off it. And so I drilled oh. a little hole and I jammed the wire up in the eaves. So it looks like the cord goes into the house. <laughs> 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 the whole thing looked very legit. Hmm. Just didn't actually do anything. That's, again, it might just be the, again, it just might be enough for people to say, oh, those are cameras. I'm just going to not screw around. Exactly. They probably just left them there. I don't know. Um, wanted to ask you about fireworks. We talked a little bit about it for the break. Uh, I think you're you're generally anti neighborhood fireworks, if I recall correctly. I'm generally anti neighborhood fireworks. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not anti I'm not anti fireworks really. I just I'm anti those gigantic ones. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a certain level of neighborhood firework that I'm fine with, and then there's commercial firework that goes off in your neighborhood which i'm not okay with (laughs) does that make sense sure like if you buy if you buy like a bunch of firecrackers and black cats and whistling bottle rockets and whatnot from the from the reservation or wherever you buy those things fine light them off i don't care up here in Snohomish County, I just give them in the drugstore parking lot. <laughs> they just have the booths. They're just Perfect. around. But the second that one monster 150-foot circular, you know, spherical sure. one goes off in your neighborhood, it's like, okay, guys, you got to stop. That's, See, I don't actually good. mind it on the 4th. There is a guy in our neighborhood. I don't know. He's not. can't be that far away. He's one of these Seahawks scored a touchdown mortar people. Oh, Lord. Yeah, where he thinks he's, I don't know, part of the field staff. <laughs> he's firing off. Like, every time the Seahawks score a touchdown or a field goal, huge mortar goes off in our neighborhood. Really? Yeah. and it's, it's That's and crazy. I, he actually started a bit of a trend. There's more than one now. What? Yeah. There's instead, at least, of people, instead of people leaving him notes saying, hey, can you please cut the shit? 
Well, that's happening like on more, next door. More, pe- <laughs> more, <laughs> more people are joining in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. So I don't really have a problem with fireworks, but I'll tell you what. If you're firing off the fireworks, especially the mortars, on the 12th, we have a real problem. <laughs> yeah, for just for fun. Like, just like oh, we, we didn't get to these. Yeah, cool, no. save them for New Year's. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go for the Labor Day fireworks show. Yeah. Like, at least have some sort of Don't just be holiday. firing them off on Friday afternoon because you had a couple of beers and you're like, hey, let's shoot these mortars off. <laughs> asshole. Those are asshole people. <laughs> my last item on the neighborhood security agenda is I experienced, maybe I think my first experience with an elderly person who just flat out should not be behind the wheel. Mm. Um, we're going down uh, what is called, it's, it's one of the highways in the area, one of the two-lane highways, so you're never going more than like 45 or 50 miles an hour. Sure. Uh, and... All of a sudden, the traffic is, comes to, comes to a slow. Like, and I'm only a few cars back from the front. The traffic slows down in front of me. We all come to stop. There's a car facing um, northbound in the southbound lanes, oh. and it's in like the middle lane. It stops, and it looks like they missed the turn, right? Like they missed the turn lane or something, and got confused, and then just screwed this up. But then we're all just kind of sitting here, like you can't just stay there. You have to move your car out of the road and. Mm-hmm. A normal person cranks the wheel to the right and gets back in traffic and then, you know, finds another place to turn off. Sure. This unfortunate old woman decided to throw it in reverse because she probably missed her turn. So now she is backing southbound in the southbound lanes, back going backwards at least 15 to 20 miles an hour for a while. (laughs) So now the traffic is like advancing on her because we assume she's going to pull out of the the street, right? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. she's going to back up and then... You know, is she like, gonna do one of those speed those speed one eighties that they teach you to in like uh in like you know CIA driving class? Well, this road has a median, so from where it looked like, my assumption at this point was that she was going to, and I, I didn't know it was an old woman until later, but until uh, the harrowing part, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I assume she's gonna just back back into the center lane. So this this road has a median, and then also has a turn lane much of the time. So. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the turn lanes are carved out. Sometimes there's just three. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that middle lane that you can either turn left or right. Yeah, that's suicide lane. what you need to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't do that. She stops her car again. And then everyone's still kind of creeping forward. We're all trying to go. on. It's, remember, it's the highway. Right. And it's just dead stopped. She starts accelerating back toward the traffic. And I'm like, oh, shit. We don't even know where to go. I'm like, this woman. Uh, is this a time for a hashtag, oh, shit, man? <laughs> It is. Hashtag, oh shit, man, here she comes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you've broken her on that. She's upset with us. <laughs> she shouldn't be. No, it's funny. I wish I had a hashtag as cool as oh shit, man. <laughs> Shout out to you, Kristen. Anyway, so this old lady is advancing towards the traffic because I realized it took me a while to figure out what happened. Because what she, she did was, she did, she missed her turn. And then instead mm. of just going to the next street, she decided to back up. And then she realized she backed up too far. So again, now she's coming at the traffic. Because she, she's, now she's going to make her actual turn. Correct. Skirts both lanes of traffic, runs up on the sidewalk on the wrong side of the road, nearly hits the car immediately in front of me. I mean, inches. Inch, I mean, she, at this point, she's not going slowly because I think she's panicking. Uh-huh. She misses the car in front of me, continues on, nearly hits the car who's in now the turn to our just to the right trying to take a right out of the, the area to our right where she's trying to go nearly hits their front end um and then just continues on and then we drive on and go on about our day and th- she drove down a road by the way that was like set up for a farmer's market so i had this whole <laughs> <laughs> i had a vision of of her careening through like 
like all these booths. It was very stuff. fast five ish. Oh Lord! <laughs> it's through the through the favelas of Brazil, oh, just Jesus. then driving with like the sheet over the car. Like, <laughs> Blues Brothers. They, they hit a cow. Yeah. <laughs> That's harrowing. So, so what's funny is what's similar is I spent some time with my parents recently, and my aunt and her grandkids were in my 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 dad's sister. She's ninety. Two or ninety-three, she's she's great, very sharp, very funny lady. Um, I really like her. And they were, we were talking, and and uh, and my cousin, uh, one of her grandchildren, says, "Oh yeah, no, she drives." I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> like she is ninety-three years old. You, you let her drive? Oh yeah, she drives to she drives to church and she drives to the store. I'm like. Are we okay? We're okay with this. Somebody get a hold of Prince Philip over here, will you? <laughs> I was like, I guess she hasn't hit anybody. I guess she's. I guess she drives safely, but I don't know. I'm just ninety plus years old. I know. Just, it just it felt it felt weird and wrong to me. I was like, can't we just get her like a Uber pass or something like that? And she could just, you know, can I just put my credit card on her Uber account and she could just go wherever she needs to go <laughs> and I'll just pay <laughs> as opposed to having her being on the streets. I don't know. All right. Well, we're already running fat, and we've got an extra big dad jokes of the week, so I think it's time. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! <laughs> For dad jokes of the week. Woo! All right, triple size. Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna move quick because uh, we're we're up against the the clock here on our own right. show that we self impose. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I it. have some other stuff to get to. Also, all right, Dad. How do I look? With your eyes. Mm. What part of a fish weighs the most? Its scales. Why are there? That's no... untrue. <laughs> okay. By the way. Okay. Why are there no knock knock jokes about America? Because freedom rings. I'd like to know how the Earth rotates. It would make my day. <laughs> the shovel was a groundbreaking invention. Indeed. I'd tell you a joke about beds, but it hasn't been made up yet. What do, you, what do you call it when a cat stops? A pause. Who is the strongest thief? A shoplifter. To the person who stole my copy of Microsoft Office, I will find you. You have my word. <laughs> that joke was excellent. <laughs> Taken, Microsoft Office Edition. <laughs> what do you use to cut the ocean? A seesaw? <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> We're getting better here. This is the crowd. This is how yeah, we slow down as we get to the good ones. Yeah. That, was, that was a good one. Where do plants invest their money? In the stock market. <laughs> Why do is cow- There's also a soup joke to be made there. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of stock market jokes available. I, I actually made that joke at you after reading this on Twitter. I made that <laughs> stock market joke. <laughs> Why do cows like being told jokes? Because they like to be amused. Why do seagulls fly over the sea? Because if they flew over the bay, they'd be bagels. <laughs> Time flies like an arrow, but fruit flies like a banana. 
I asked my doctor if the ointment he prescribed would clear up my skin spots, but he said he never makes rash promises. Rash promises? No one's ever used the term rash promises. Rash yeah, promises. They couldn't, they couldn't come up with rash decisions there. Like, I asked my doctor which ointment he needed to prescribe me for my skin condition. He said he never makes rash decisions. That's the joke. That. That was that. That, that I mean, that's not even a thing. He's made up a thing. <laughs> it's it's three hundred sixty-five days. <laughs> <laughs> Computer programmers never go outside. There are too many bugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and you know which software that is. <laughs> Finally, did you hear about the cross-eyed teacher? He couldn't control his pupils. Uh, very good. All right. Very good. Did you have time to work up a new one for us? No, but I did. I did stumble across one I thought that was funny. Okay. All right, this is a uh, dad and his daughter. Dad says, I was just listening to the radio on my way into town, and apparently an actress just killed herself. Daughter, oh my, who? Dad, I can't remember. I think her name was Reese something. Witherspoon? No, it was with a knife. (laughs) I feel like I've heard that before. (laughs) Reese with a knife. Reese with a knife. With her knife. With her knife, exactly. All right, well, as we wrap up the show here, I just had a couple of things that I wanted to share with you. Um, I think there's a couple of things we're going to push to uh, next week or the week after, whatever. Not that yeah, we can push. But I was on a plane again since the time we last spoke. <laughs> was somebody was somebody using the touchscreen with their feet? That was wild. No. Oh, my God. And I would say something, by the way. Oh, my like, God. I would know, yell. A, there's no sir, possible. <laughs> sir, what are you doing? Sir, are you fucking kidding me yeah. i would be uh, i mean i would i would have yelled what do you think this is is that your fucking house first i had first i had taken my empty soda can because i always i always ask for the whole can of soda and i winged it up there and i said the hell <laughs> you're starting with violence yes that's that's a ridiculous behavior and needs to be completely stomped out as quickly as possible now i've seen a lot of wild shit on airplanes <laughs> But literal, I've seen literal <laughs> wild shit on yeah. airplanes. But the only reason I bring this up is because the first time I've ever seen this particular configuration. So I've seen people sleep with their hands on the seat in front of them. I've seen them sleep, like I've seen people sleep on the tray, which I think is I, wild. No, I, I I understand the sleeping on the tray thing. Much I, more I wouldn't be able to walk for three hours if I bent over well, like that, slept on yeah, the tray. Sure. Just get a neck pillow, freaks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the woman in front of me. Um, like just one of the where I could see exactly, you know, if you're in the in the, the window, you can see the person in the middle, and you can see everything, yeah, they yeah, do, yeah. right? Sure. Mm-hmm. So she starts by putting on uh, Captain Marvel, and I'm like, oh, cool, I'll get to kind of see a little bit of Captain Marvel. Oh, by the way, because my screen on my seat didn't work. Let me ask really? you, how long a flight would have to be before you asked for some sort of recompense from the airline? <laughs> my <laughs> entertainment system didn't work. I would have, I would have asked for mileage from the from the airline. I would have DM. I would have, I would have twittered. Be that person yelling at brands. I do that every mm-hmm. once in a while, and then I feel stupid. Yeah, well, <laughs> mostly about Amazon, about people leaving stuff in my driveway. It's like we have a covered porch. Use that area. <laughs> <laughs> Tell all your people. Oh, I don't you care. I might have written an email. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, all right. So this woman turns off Captain Marvel about ten minutes in. I guess she didn't like it. Okay. Puts on some other kind of show. I don't know what it was, but then with her headphones in, like leans against that seat, but mm-hmm. like with her face pressed up against the screen. 
but the screen is on and playing in her ears. What? Yeah, so she's got the TV on. She's got the earbuds in so she can hear it. And then she's got her face pressed up against the screen and she's sleeping like that. Wait, wait with her face pushed up against so like the she's back getting of the all the blinky she's getting all the blinky lights of the of the of the movie that's playing in her face. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. It was crazy. Huh. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. So I just want to share it with you. <laughs> that's that's odd. I don't know what is that even comfortable? I, I don't even I, know what. I don't see so how it could be. She had the tray. No, no, the tray wasn't down, right? They no, just the tray leaned, was up. She just, oh, the tra- and she just leaned forward into the screen, pressed face. her face into it, and then fell asleep. Yes. <laughs> For a while. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know. I I can't. I I'm trying to imagine how how to get comfortable in that kind of a position there's no i i like i said i understand the sleeping on the tray because you know you, you've been a student sure, <laughs> you've been okay, in the I, library yeah, yeah, yeah. and you've sort of you've hunkered down into your in your little cubby there and fell asleep it's just homeless adjacent when i see it right <laughs> just like ah. but, but i understand that sometimes you can't like lean back or there's yeah. people like you you create more room for yourself by leaning forward sure so i get that but I don't know how you would just sort of prop your face up against no. the chair in front of you and fall asleep. I, I mean, I could maybe see the top of your head or something, but like, no, her face. Oh, huh. it was crazy. And she stayed there for a good long, like, thirty minutes, or uh, it's more like an hour, like two episodes, of whatever show she was watching. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is amazing. It is. It's too bad somebody in the flight before had used their feet on that. Uh, there on you that, go. Uh, on the screen. Yeah, she woke up with foot fungus in her eye. Right, she got the, that uh, nail fungus. How do I get an athlete's that, that... foot in my eyeball? <laughs> I got that. I got that nail fungus that in my, in my nose, and uh, oh, now my nose is all uh, yellow and gross. Oh, come on! <laughs> and I have to now. I have to take some sort of drug. It's turning black to, to, to get rid of this nail fungus. Oh, that's horrible. All right. Well, I just wanted to take also um, one more minute to say uh, fuck finish line. <laughs> <laughs> as a person that orders quite a bit of shoes online and sends a few back sure i've never in my life been sent uh, used shoes very clearly used shoes that i mean you know it's one thing to see something that looks like it's been worn outside maybe it looks a little beat up but these motherfuckers stank like feet yeah that's that's way way out of bounds it's, it's crazy, right? And so I complained on the internet. They didn't do anything about it, of course. Um, I oh. mostly complained to the reseller because I wanted them to be like, look, you need to know that your site's directing people to this. And yeah. if you don't want to do anything about it, that's up to you. But I want you to know. Um, there is no finish line in the area. The closest one, almost an hour away. So I have to send these shoes back to get a refund. And uh, so I realize now that I have paid finish line three figures to for the privilege of running an errand. Really? And their customer service team. Wait, has there's a finish. To, there's a finish line in Bellevue. At they, Bellevue no, Square. They, no, there's not. There is. No, there's not. Absolutely, there is. The only actual physical store now is in South Center. There's finish line. It? There's Did finish line counter. It? Yes, there's finish line counters in Macy's now. They're branded finish line shoe counters, but they're part of Macy's. Hmm. Anyway, regardless, I sent them. I already sent them back. Right. But I just wanted you, I wanted you to know that Finish Line offered me for my trouble ten dollars off any sixty dollar order. <laughs> That's a whopping eighteen percent off. Finish Line, I will never order anything from you ever again in the history. Wow! I just want you to know. Good. Yeah. 
Yeah, F those people. All right, we're way over time. I just want to mention the Open Championship starts this weekend. If you're interested in the golf, I wanted to point out the time because I had this whole grand idea now. For some point in the future, I want to do this. So the Open Championship starts at 6.35 a.m. in Northern Ireland, which uh-huh. translates to 1.35 a.m. Eastern, 10.35 p.m. Uh, sorry, 10.35 a.m. Um, Pacific time. Or 10.30 p.m. Pacific time. Well, oh, sorry, earlier. Yes, we're getting earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I, I confused myself. I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> you've gone back in time and then forward in time. No, okay, so starting from Europe, we go 6.35, yeah, then 1.35, then 10.35 p.m. Yeah. Uh, Pacific time the night before. And right. then, or, or 7.35 p.m. the night before in Hawaii. Which is, that's the genius move right there. Correct. So Hawaiian vacation during the weekend of the Open Championship, you play golf during the day, and then you, you go out to dinner, and then you, you watch golf all night. In the prime time. In prime time. And that's the thing about Hawaii. If you've been, if you ever want to watch anything, all sports are over in Hawaii at 730 because everything's done. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the perfect setup to get your Hawaiian golf vacation in. It's not going to happen for any, or at least not for me this year. If you got that kind of cash, enjoy yourself. Yeah. But uh, that's a, that's a a terrific idea, by the way. That's, that's, yeah, that's, um, that's inspired. I just wish it wasn't in July. <laughs> Seems wasteful. Like I don't. Yeah, I. I don't want to leave the Pacific Northwest. You know, in July or August because right. this is like you. You put up with a bunch of shit right. just to get to these two months, right? And so to leave during these two months is just stupid. Yeah, there's so many other months you can go enjoy Hawaii yeah, for everything it is, right. and, and be missing go, out go, on a, a week <laughs> of trash weather here. Right. Go in February when everybody goes, or March, whatever. <laughs> don't leave during July, August. Yeah, go to Hawaii and meet a hundred other people from Seattle. That happens yeah, every time, right? I know. I know. All right. Anything else? Not really. Thanks for catching us up. Yeah. Thanks everybody for indulging me this week. That's our show. And thanks to you for listening to it. Please know we appreciate tremendously the time you choose to spend doing that. If you don't already, please subscribe and or review on the places we always mention iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And do not be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next time with more shenanigans. And until then, peace.